Hey, what's going on, my people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I'm sitting with Tara Holloway. She is the CMO at Century 21 Sheets. We get into a conversation really about strategy and how to reverse engineer from your outcome that you want to build a strategy to build off for your business. This one was fun. I get jacked up. I throw some cuss words around. I'm getting pretty excited throughout the episode. So I think you'll all enjoy it. And Tara, talk about a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, to strategy and just how to position yourself and how to think about yourself as a service provider. Just an amazing conversation. Lots of learning. I learned a lot in this one and uh, I hope you do the same. But before we get into that, as always, this show is brought to you by us. And we are Cave Social. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online. So if you're feeling stuck, your marketing's not doing what it should, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, and we'll be glad to help you out. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, internet podcast peeps? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm welcoming Tara Holloway to the show. Tara, how you doing? Hi, great. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, so for listeners, Tara, she is the you know CMO, Vice President of Marketing at Century 21 Sheets. So I uh, real estate brokerage. They got about 400 agents, which there's a lot to manage when it comes to the, the real estate brokerage side of things. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into uh, But before we do, Tara, let us hear your backstory. How did you find your way over to Century 21 Sheets? <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. You know, it all started, it was always my dream to go to college. No one in my family has a college degree or had ever been to college. And truthfully, it was not in my family's cards financially, unless I figured out a way to do it on my own. So at the age of 17, I had to be resourceful and little did I know how resourcefulness would play a role in my future career choice, but I ultimately landed a job as a bank teller. The summer before my senior year of high school, I got this job at a bank and they offered tuition reimbursement. And so I was able to work at the bank full time while getting my bachelor's degree from Indiana University in marketing. And while at the bank, I had a multitude of roles. I started as a bank teller, I did a little bit of a new account opening. And then during my sophomore year of college, I took my first real marketing course and I moved into a marketing intern role. I was hooked. I'm one of those people who knew right on that marketing was my gig. And this was my first exposure, both at work and school, to what marketing really is and really digging into understanding the consumer needs building processes to produce outcomes and track results and getting to be creative all at the same time, I knew it was for me. So fast forward post-college for the next 18 years, I was in financial services marketing. I ran in-house marketing agencies for credit unions, local banks, large national financial institutions. I had the opportunity to train with the Disney Institute, With uh, even went back for my MBA. So as you can imagine, all of that experience just helped me elevate my game and shift my marketing mindset. So that entire time at the financial services, it helped me put the consumer experience first. I always look back at that time. I'm handing out, I can picture it. I'm handing out change across the teller line as this pivotal moment of my marketing mindset and the importance of the consumer experience. It's their money. 
right? It's a very personal thing to people. And so we're not just talking about what the balance is in your account. We're talking about how much money you have to live on for the next, until your next paycheck. And so over those two decades, I learned about leadership as well. I went from being on a team to leading teams, then receiving awards for the work that my team was doing, both in marketing and marketing and consumer experience. So two years ago, uh, to lead me to today, I did a career shift and transition into the real estate industry. I'm now serving on the leadership team at Century 21 Sheets. Um, Century 21 Sheets is a top 10 global franchise in the Century 21 system and a market leader in Indianapolis. And my team manages the marketing and communication efforts for the company and our 400 plus real estate professionals. And it is just a joy every day to be able to get to do this job. Very cool. Very cool backstory. And I, I really, I love when you said you talked about that moment where it hit you and you were handing change over as the bank teller and you realized that this wasn't just a transaction, that it was emotional. And yeah, when consumers and customers come into businesses, everything they buy is emotional and the most emotional purchase now, and you've gone up from maybe giving somebody a roll of quarters <laughs> to do their laundry. Um, now you're dealing with buying and selling homes. Definitely the most emotional transaction, I'd say, for most Americans. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, how... the home and the money. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I guess my first question is, when you were on the outside looking into real estate, right, and once you got in the door, were there any major things that surprised you or expectations you had that just totally were like, you had to rip those up throw them in the trash and say, okay, this is a different ball game. And then on the flip side of that, what were some of those other things that were marketing principles that were tried and true that you're like, oh, that worked there and it's working here. I want to hear kind of about what was that mixed bag like when you first got in? Oh, I have the perfect answer for both of these. Uh, so one of the things in the banking industry is, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations and fine print and asterisks and all of those things. And it is a very tight box that you have to live in from a marketing lane in, in there. And here on the real estate side, we have entrepreneurs who are all doing their own things. And so for me personally, I have had to let go of some of that, you know, from the banking world, it's trying to keep everything in my arms and, and make sure that all the brand is appropriate and all that. And now it's really empowering our realtors to do that on their own, you know, their, that their marketing pieces have that same level of professionalism. And so that's been a really big shift of having kind of complete brand control to an environment where it is, um, you know, entrepreneurs that are all leveraging the brand in their own business in their own ways. And on the flip side of that, one of the things that has worked really well is in banking, it's a lot about top of mind. If I were to ask you today to change your checking account from wherever it is now to somewhere else, you'd probably look at me like I'm crazy. Like nobody wants to do that if you don't have to. You have too much stuff coming in and out. And so the goal, the marketing game in financial services is top of mind, staying top of mind so that when you are ready, when something does happen, you think of this next financial institution that you want to join or be a part of. And I've found that it's very similar with real estate, right? You may not be interested in moving today, or you may not have any clients that are interested in moving today. But if you're staying top of mind with them, if they have somebody ask them, they're going to refer you or when they are ready or have a question, they're going to start that conversation with you. So some of those same 
things are helpful in both industries as far as staying top of mind. And the second point there is so important particularly if you are selling a product or service that has a very long sales cycle. So in real estate, people, you know, I'll call it the sales cycle, but people move or buy a new home every five to seven years this is the typical window, mm -hmm. right? So when we look at that and then we look at realtors and we see that consumers, 85% of real estate customers would use the same agent, but only 15% end up doing that five years later, which highlights that massive, massive gap that they're not staying top of mind that in general. So if you come in with that mindset and you're able to apply, it's going to be so, so powerful to say, okay, we're going to shift and be top of mind for our consumers because we don't know if they're at day one of the sales cycle or if they're in year four, day 364 <laughs> of that sales cycle, <laughs> right? Right. And it, it, that's a, a welcomed outside opinion. I would say principle that comes in and still really and, works. And I will say it's so interesting you say that. That is That statistic is hanging in my office because it is what we talk to our agents about all the time. How are we staying top of mind? And in fact, um, our marketing team just won two Marcom awards for this marketing platform that we put together for our agents that helps them stay top of mind. So I, I always try to tell everyone, any entrepreneur that's that's you know, looking for how do I grow my business? That top of mind sounds so simple, but it's all the basics. It's all the things that, you know, that we've talked about. How do you stay top of mind with social media or with remembering kids' birthdays or anniversaries or the anniversary of the first year in their home? You know, making those things monumental that stay top of mind so that if they're on day one of year four or day one of year one, you're the one they're thinking of. Yeah, and it, it comes down to that overall power of brand, right? And there's a reason that if I say to you right now, where do you save 15% on car or auto insurance? Everyone who's yeah. listening already knows the brand. Yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah. you know, <laughs> they've stayed top of mind and flying over banners, Geico's everywhere. Um, and I think that the right. more we can get away from, well, not, not get away from completely, but shift our thinking from eat what you kill, what's the direct ROI on this one post or this one ad to to my sales, to what is the sentiment among customers and potential customers, and how often, how frequently are we getting in front of our potential customers? I, th I think it's undervalued really still today. I think, I think we've gone so far towards how much does this one ad convert for me or right. the obsession with leads <laughs> and just like, what does that cost per lead? Yes. Um, so have you had to, have you had to pull people away from thinking on just like leads, cost per lead, volume of leads to really instill, you know, more brand activities? Yeah, it's been interesting conversations because a lot of the conversations we're having with our agents are around, okay, so when that lead comes in, what happens? What do you do with it? How quickly are you responding? And if all of these leads are coming in at one time, can you really manage them? And so we always say this with ads too. You know, if you say, what is your home worth? And they click on it and they land on a page that doesn't talk about what is your home worth. It's a disconnect. So I feel like a lot of agents are spending time in this one area trying to get leads, leads, leads. But there's a whole process of things that really needs to be built once they actually respond to your ad that how do you convert them and how do you build a process that's a great experience along the way. And going back to that bank teller moment, right, is if I come on and I say, I want to buy or sell my house, 
and I don't hear back for three days. Could you imagine going to a bank teller saying, hey, I'd like to pull out some money. I'm all I'm feeling it's emotional. And the bank teller walks away or comes back after, I'll see you after my lunch break. Like, right. Well, no- <laughs> yes. And I can remember this day, this goes to exactly what you're talking about, where I was doing a loan application for someone. And I must have had this look on my face. I was trying to figure something out. And they were like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And it hit me like, okay, I'm looking at the computer screen and I'm paying attention, but they're looking at me. And so that experience even of my facial expressions during that conversation, and that's what I hear our agents talking about all the time. I mean, they know the 180 steps that have to happen to close on a home. The client doesn't. They do this once every five, seven, nine years, like you said. So it's having that agent really create that experience for them and and even down to their facial expressions when they're talking about something. A hundred percent. You're the outsider coming in, right? And I've been in the same position a lot of the times and in real estate. Now, what are, I want to talk a little bit really about anyone who's in an industry and blind spots, right? And what activities have you all done to kind of, you know, prevent or help you guys identify and kind of see past blind spots? Obviously, bringing you in it would be a massive, massive step towards that. Did other people from outside real estate also get brought in? What does that look like? Are agents going to different style of conferences, not just real estate related? Like, what are you all doing to really help? Yeah, protect from blind spots. I'm very interested. Yeah, blind spots is a great topic and one that I love talking about. Our agents, when I first came in, our agents were very warm and welcoming, but they continued to use our department like they had in the past. Like, I need this flyer. Hey, I need, I'm going to do a billboard. Can you create the pretty picture for us? And so I think that it was maybe a blind spot, but an unknown one. So, you know, sometimes you don't know that the blind spot is there, clearly. And so it's a matter of, teaching them how to work with you. So we spent a lot of time doing that where we would sit down and have a strategic conversation and it would start with, Hey, I'm going to spend a couple thousand dollars to generate leads on Facebook ads. Uh, Can I, can I get you to create the ad for me? And my comment back would be, what's your goal? Well, I want Facebook ads. I want leads. That's great. Like, what do we want to get out of that? Right. So as a result of spending this much money, what do we want to have happen? Success will look like what? And then we started having real strategy conversations around what success looks like and what they hope to achieve, because maybe Facebook ads aren't the best way to do it. Maybe they are, but it's that strategy conversation that gets us to that end result. And so more and more and more of our agents every year are getting more and more involved in that. And now we're actually able to have enough data to go back to our whole company and say the agents who are leveraging this marketing strategy mindset are selling more homes, uh, getting better reviews, you know, and kind of telling our story that way. That is like, excuse my language, but that is like fucking awesome because (laughs) it's, we have to think about our goal and then work back from there. Why are we doing that? Because so many people start doing things just because they watch one webinar or their friend told them to do it. And then they're going to go and drop 10 grand on Facebook ads without thinking about why they're even swiping the credit card to begin with. Massive, massive blind spot. And it's checking ego. It's checking, you know, checking the standard operating procedure that was in place if they're, if it was subconscious written down or what have you and being like, (laughs) okay, 
we're going to not just execute, but we're going to build strategy. And every agent's going to have a different strategy because someone who's selling to retirees is different than someone who's selling condos in downtown Indianapolis. And like, I, I love it. So that to me got me excited yes. because so many, so many businesses before listeners, if you're there, right, and you get excited about some new tech technology or tactic, think about the end goal. What is that goal? And then work back from there. Massively, massively, uh, it, it can't be it can't be overstated. I really, I really think that. Yes, and and if I can just add to that, because I could talk about this all day long. I I, I always try to say, like any listener who's listening to this, like you said, have a marketing strategic partner in your pocket. And if you have an idea like this that you want to spend 10 grand on leads, ask their opinion. You're still, as an entrepreneur, going to get to do what you want to do because you're the entrepreneur and it's your business and you get to decide, but at least hear that perspective. It just helps you get better. And so we talk about, and I get on the soapbox, like I literally stand on this soapbox and say, we are not a fulfillment center. We are a strategic partner and we really define it. So in our, mar we market our marketing internally and with our agents. And as we do that, we're talking about that. If you want a Facebook ad, are we going to do it for you? Of course, but we're going to ask questions. We're going to want to know because the messaging will be different if you want this kind of a lead or if you're focusing on this community or this audience, it all works together. And so we can't, efficiently and effectively do marketing for you without asking a lot of questions. So if you have a marketer in your life and they're not asking questions, you might want to think about getting a new one. And this comes to a conversation about everyone who's in the service game should be positioning themselves as a trusted advisor or, or strategic partner. Um, however you want to phrase it, there's actually a great book by Jay Abraham called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. And he talks about this idea, right, of being the strategic partner being the trusted advisor. So if you're the marketing department, that means, yeah, you need to tell people, have their best interest in mind. So you have the best interest in mind for the agents. You can say, hey, no, we shouldn't do that. Or, hey, what's the goal? Likewise, the agents have to have the best interest in mind for their consumers, for their people who are buying and selling. Hey, you know what? We shouldn't do this. You shouldn't buy this house right now. Hey, that's a budget stretch. And you're actually going to be in real tough if you go and buy that home. Because when you're positioned as a trusted advisor, when it is time for the consumer to pull the trigger and you actually want to push them in that direction, they're going to go for it. Because to your point, if people are just saying yes to everything, they don't have your best interest in mind. So that is, uh, that, that too is very, very important. And that's in any, any service-based business. I've seen that, um, taking that approach and really thinking like I protect my customer and, and having that mindset, I can pay massive, massive dividends. Absolutely. And we talk about that with our agents too, that if you were to come and sit in my living room or across my kitchen table and I say, you know, I want to sell my house for a million dollars and you know, it's worth 300,000. Are you going to say, okay, sure, Tara, no problem. Or are you going to ask questions and be my strategic partner because you've got more information than I do about this topic. And so it's the same same principles. I love it. I love it. Well, Tara, this was a lot of fun. I'm pretty jacked up now after talking to you. I'm excited. I want to go apply a bunch of this stuff. So before though, before I let you go, let people know where can they find out more about uh, Century 21 Sheets and also connect with you online? Well, you can connect with me online on LinkedIn and you can learn more about Century 21 Sheets at c21sheets.com. Awesome. And I will put uh, links to both of those in the show notes page. Tara, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Jordan.
All right, everybody. And I will catch you guys next time. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Talk to you later. Um.